Friends, welcome to this podcast worship with Houston and Kalel and Kirk. As we gather from near and far, let us pause and hold silence as we centre ourselves for worship. The Lord dwells in all our houses. We gather as one body around the word of God, which sets us free. Good morning, a very warm welcome to everyone joining us online for this Houston and Kalelin Kirk podcast worship. Oh, that we had the faith of Thomas to doubt, to question what too many take for granted. Oh, that we had the faith of Thomas that could be crushed and broken and be reborn again, learning to trust once more now that everything has changed for the world has shifted and in some unique and mysterious way Jesus is alive in us, through us, between us, among us, for us, with us. Oh, that we had the faith of Thomas to have our eyes opened wide and our vision set in fire again. Dare we? Come, let us worship Jesus, risen among us. We sing to God's glory and praise, hymn 106. Bring to the Lord a glad new song. Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. It was on a morning such as this 
that men and women woke aching with the knowledge that you had gone. It was on a day such as this that heavy hearts sat brooding behind locked doors, unsure of you and uncertain of the future. It was at a time such as this that you came announcing your arrival not with fanfares and flourish, but with open wounds and words of peace. You came among friends, Lord, to reassure and to encourage. You came to make messengers out of those whose minds and mouths were filled with doubt. And so it is that you come to us on a day such as this. You come even though sometimes we were not the most loyal of friends. We lock our hearts against the world when we should lay ourselves bare as you did. We are fearful of the responsibility of faith when we should grasp it as you did. We doubt and question and challenge when we should believe as you ask us to. We celebrate resurrection then return to our tombs afraid to break out as you did. Forgive us, rescue us, set us free Lord. Enter the dark places of our lives so that the light and life you bring leaves us in no doubt that we belong to you and that you have come for us. Help us to experience again and again that amazing resurrection moment when men stared in wonder at a discarded stone and a woman's tears turned to recognition when the fear of friends gathered just like us Turn to joy at being found again. Come among us today and every day to amaze us and to claim us for all time. And hear us now as we join together as one voice in the words that Jesus taught us saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our intimations and good news stories this week are volunteers continue to help some of the most vulnerable and elderly in our community um, by collecting shopping and prescriptions and keeping in touch um, by phone. Obviously during this time when we're not gathering together in church, the work of the church still continues and I'm grateful to those who are giving very generously to our church. I realise many people Um, give on a Sunday when they come along and obviously that can't happen just now. I know people are in different positions financially at the moment but if you are able um, to give by standing order that would be greatly appreciated and would give us financial balance over these next few months when we're not gathering together. On our website there is a tab finance and on there is a form for standing orders which can be set up online without needing to complete the form. You can set it up yourself and there's also a gift aid form which can be printed and completed 
and sent to the, the named person on it. And that allows us to claim back um, through HMRC for tax. So if you're in a position to do that and set up a standing order, that would be greatly appreciated. And going forward in the next week or two, we're hoping to have a donate button on Facebook, which would allow people to give out a one-off offering. And half of that would go to church work and half of it would go to our local chosen charities for the year to help them at this time as well. So please consider that. And if you're able to, it would be greatly appreciated. And some really good news at this time, our community development worker, Frankie Greenwood, passed the Viva for her PhD studies on Friday. So Frankie, our warmest congratulations to you. And I hope you managed to celebrate after four years of hard study. Only one birthday I'm aware of this week, Maggie Dean's. The birthday earlier in the week, so happy birthday Maggie. Hopefully you had a nice day and you can celebrate properly once we're back to some form of normality. Hey, Pep. As we hear our scripture readings, let's listen for God's word. The first reading is from Psalm 145, reading from verse 13 to verse 21. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. Open your hand and satisfy every desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. The choir will now sing the anthem. The Irish Blessing.
The Gospel reading is from John chapter 20, reading from verse 19 to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the door locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hand, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Thanks be to God for this reading of God's word, to God's name, and be praise and glory. Thank you to Ruth for doing our scripture readings this morning. Our next hymn, 397, In the Cross of Christ I Glory.
us pray. Spirit, may we find the words that fill us with life, the stories that fill us with promise, and the silence that fills us with wonder to inspire and shape us today. So be it. Amen. John had, he tells us, a huge selection of remarkable stories which he could have told to convince his readers that claims about Jesus were true. Believing would be life-giving and life-transforming for them as it had been for others. With so much at stake, so much evidence available, it may seem strange that the gospel homes in on the one person who was not convinced by listening to other people's stories of faith. With so much at stake, it seems strange to me that the gospel homes in on the one who doubted, who needed to see for himself before he was willing to put everything on Jesus a second time and risk disappointment. And so history has named him Doubting Thomas. I've said before, John is the ultimate storyteller, one who grasps you and takes you into the plot. Over these last few weeks, as we've effectively been in lockdown, what has amazed me is the number of people who have been engaging with us through social media, videos and posts, not in a superficial way but in very meaningful ways. People in these supposed lost generations from the church searching and asking questions and wanting to know and find something of faith. Though this is probably the very time when they should be doubting most, in the midst of a global pandemic that once appeared so far away, but is now on our doorstep. Yet at the time they should doubt most, they don't. They search and they question and they are open to faith. I find it exciting. In the echo of Easter Day, the story of resurrection of Jesus returning to life seems somewhat out of touch, fictitious almost for many. It is our central story, but in my experience, most people approach it with a dose of doubt and see Thomas as their go-to character who wondered and questioned what had happened, who was prepared to pause and think, rather than respond with an all-or-nothing acceptance of what sounds fictitious and unbelievable. That's not how the Bible tells the resurrection story. All or nothing. We're offered a plethora of stories that contrast and indeed contradict each other, from upper rooms and doubting Thomas to Emmaus Road and Paul's conversion, each are very different. In our era, when the stories all tie up and all the evidence is consistent, our culture says this must be true because everything is saying the same. I always remember as a young police officer, an older colleague said to me, a sheriff never wants to hear all the stories being the same. It shows collusion. But in the era of these original stories, it was the opposite. The early church was more comfortable with the diversity of witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. 
Because the stories are not there to prove anything. To use the Bible like some literal book of proofs, if probably heresy. The Bible is a library that collects people's experiences of the world, real people in real places at real times. And when they don't have the words, they offer metaphors and pictures and stories. For example, no one can explain quantum mechanics to me. I don't have the brain capacity or the formulas. But you can give me a picture or metaphor of what it's like. And then I'll get the idea. Faith works in much the same way for some. I can't explain resurrection to you. But here's a story that offers something of the feelings others had when they encountered it. So the greater the variety of stories about empty tombs and resurrection and Thomas in that upper room, the wider the breadth of experience we have of what resurrection is like. Resurrection can only be described by the experiences of others. It's always going to be much bigger than we can describe and certainly bigger than we can believe. But ultimately, it still feels fictional to many. We have plenty of stories, but arguing for or against it feels decadent, almost irrelevant, irrelevant when you consider the real world like we're experiencing now. It feels somewhat out of touch to those who are worrying about their health, who are isolated from their friends and family, who worry about their financial security and future jobs. I wonder if for those who rise to the top in our world, resurrection has become little more than something we argue over. It doesn't affect our lives immediately. Yet for those who are not winning in the world, resurrection is no sideshow. And maybe that's when people who have been forced to stop start searching. Resurrection is actually the hope to which they search for, indeed, which they need. A minister called Morgan Guyton suggests Jesus isn't some random deity who comes back from the dead. For those who aren't winning in the world, Jesus is a poor Palestinian Jewish carpenter who is executed for his audacity in challenging the religious establishment. And so resurrection, what happens to this poor Palestinian Jewish carpenter, speaks of the ultimate vindication of justice, hope and love. Jesus is the one who is under authority to roam, the one who is chased out, marginalised, arrested, tortured and killed at the behest of someone else with power. And so resurrection becomes the most dramatic and vital image that God is on the side of those who struggle in the world. And so we come to Thomas and we always do. The one known as doubting, yet he's honest. Sometimes honesty spoils a good doctrine. Resurrection, yeah but. 
And it's the yeah but part that's the faithful part, the honest to God part. But perhaps that is because we've made belief into an end product. It's something we need to achieve or arrive at. That's not the biblical idea. It's maybe an ecclesiastical idea that we go through classes and end up as members. But you don't find anything like that in this passage. John, the writer of this story, never suggests you get to believing in something. That Thomas, when he was invited to touch Jesus, he'd somehow arrived. What you do get is language about continuing to believe, contenting to live towards. We're too hard and fast with achievements sometimes. Honest faith and honest doubt. And these are the same thing at times, are continual movements. We're constantly continuing to believe towards something. And in John's Gospel, that something is life. It is a life we are gaining, not belief. It is life and its fullness that is the end product, not an acquiring of beliefs. And for John, Thomas, in all his honesty, is the exact metaphor for all of us. For us and for all those people who are searching at the very time they should be doubting. We are invited to continue to believe into life. That is what Jesus offers. Not right belief. Glory be to the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore, world without end. Amen. Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. God of life, God of love, God of peace, we thank you for all that you have given us, the gift of your Son, Jesus, who gave his life that we might live and live in all its fullness. What can we offer in return? We can share our resources and hope that they be used to spread the news of resurrection to the ends of the earth. May they be a sign of all that we offer. Take each one of us and use us to be your servants. Lord of all, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to heal with the light of your love. Lord, there are so many people and situations that need the light of your love today, that need the peace that you offer. We pray that the light of your love would shine into the darkest places, where people are isolated and feel alone, where people are worried for their families and friends. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We pray that the light of your love would shine into the hearts of all who are lonely, bereaved or ill, who are suffering and afraid in the midst of this uncertain time. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We continue to give thanks and pray for all the NHS workers, care staff, emergency services and frontline staff. Guide them and Lord, may they know your peace is upon them.
We pray that the light of your love would shine into the minds of all who have power and authority. We give thanks for our monarch, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, for her steadfast guidance and faith, and for all who lead in government and other institutions. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We pray that the light of your love would shine into souls of all who have yet to discover the risen Christ, of all who are seeking a higher power, who are searching in this time they should be doubting. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We pray that the light of your love would shine into the lives of all your people in the world, the youth and the elder, the able and the less able, the believer and the doubter, the seen and the unseen. Lord, may your peace be upon them. All these prayers spoken, and those spoken only quietly in our own hearts, we lay before your throne of grace. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Friends, following our final hymn, there will be a word of benediction. We then sing the threefold Amen and the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Our final hymn, hymn 605. Thanks to God whose word was spoken.
of the questions. Go and speak into doubt. Go and seek adventures. Go and believe in life. And as you go, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore.